Welcome to the Latter-day Struggles podcast with therapists Brandon Patrick and Valerie Hamaker. Now, we have both been in the trenches for years with church members and heard about all kinds of problems, suffering, and struggles that church members have. We are here to have thought-provoking, honest, bold conversations about those false traditions that cause people harm. So let's go. Are people who leave the church spiritually dead? Hey, Valerie. Hi, good morning. How are you, Brennan? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm happy to be here too. You know, when I I say that question, it just sounds a little bit um, arrogant and kind of, I I really don't like that question. Um, Yeah. Well, it's (laughs) judgy, right? Yeah, it's it's judgy. It's black and white. Um, yes. it, it's making some very big assumptions about what it means, um, first of all, to just be in or out, right? Uh-huh. Um, there's also some um, implications about what it means um, spiritually for one to <clears throat> go to church as opposed to not go to church. I mean, there's so many, so many different questions that we could address here regarding this, this question of people yeah. um, leaving and why. Yeah. I mean, it's so tied into that it doesn't differentiate spirituality and religion. It's like if, mm-hmm. if I'm a member of the church and I'm you know, faithful and I go every week, that means I have my spirituality. And to me, those are two very different things, uh, religion and spirituality. I know that sounds a little bit weird to say it because mm-hmm. it seems like religion is all about spirituality, but they're two very different things. And so to say, you know, if you're not going to church, you're spiritually dead. Mm-hmm. It, it's that that's that's a little bit crazy to me. Or, but or, okay. yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, even if we wanted to soften it a little bit and say, if you leave or um, cease at least attending church, you're spiritually dying. <laughs> uh-huh. like, that there's something inevitable about that choice that means you are estranging yourself from the divine. And I think that's a that's a complicated question, right? Because there. Once again, um, that's why we want to talk about it, because on the one hand, does um, does regular rhythmed um, worship with a community, has it the potential of being something that is very, very spiritually growth oriented? The answer to sure. that is yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And on the flip side, can that also be very destructive to someone who has... Um, who either feels um, like they don't fit or who have had very negative experiences, who have experienced some spiritual abuse, that that may not be actually the place where they feel the closest to their, to their divine parents. But, but they, it should be. They should just get more rigid and keep going, and then <laughs> they'll feel better. But that's not how it works. No. And, and you know, there's a continuum, Valerie, of, of people who in the church, and we know this, um, the ones that just follow and just do, and, and the ones that get bitter and angry and leave the church and hate the church, and you know, that's kind of the, the, right. the extremes of it. Sure. But in between there, there's all kinds of um, spirituality and belief going on and, and uh, progress, progress for people in terms of where they're at. Yes, yes. And sometimes I think as we grow spiritually, things do shift and change. I mean, 
they always shift and change as we grow spiritually, right? And I think what we what is required of us as we grow up spiritually is that we let go of all the black and whites, right? Because I mean, think about it this way. On the one hand, if you were to think about, okay, if I am someone who goes to church, I make temple covenants, I say my prayers, I do my family home evening, I send my children to BYU, you know, all mm -hmm. of the things, then I am going to be filled with the spirit. Then you are spiritual. <laughs> that that equates to spirituality. Right. But we know for a fact that isn't necessarily true. I, I, I just recently had a conversation with a good friend about this very topic because I was mentioning to her that I was going to bring this up and, and she kind of said, well, but what about what about the people who leave? They're going to like lose the Holy Ghost. And I said, well, hold on. I said, think about it this way. I know a lot, um, sadly, <laughs> I know a lot of really um, compliant church attending temple going people who are not very nice. I don't see well, them as having the spirit very much at all, just from how I see how they treat people. Well, beyond, and, and this might sound judgmental, and I don't mean it to be that way, but mm -hmm. beyond just nicety, they're not very connected to God. And, yeah. and, and so, so, Let's debunk this a little bit. Mm -hmm. If I if I do my family home evening and I, you know, do my come follow me and do all the things that I should do in the church and I'm just mm -hmm. faithful and that's when the spirit just comes into my life. Maybe, I, but maybe not. <laughs> well, I think I think here's the difference, Valerie. Yeah, yeah. Is if I do all of those things to try to 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 force mm -hmm. the spirit to come into my life, then I, I, I'm I'm in a place of fear and control. I'm not in a place yeah. of faith. Yes. And if my intention is about control to try yeah. to get that, then I'm actually just going to keep creating more of that in my life yeah. as opposed to really taking a step back and assessing what is truth for me and why do I do what I do and what is my intention behind what I do and then go forth in faith in doing those things. Um, so I, I actually think some of the compliant automatic uh, thinking and doing that we do in the church actually gets in the way of our connection to God. It's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's so true. Sometimes church is the thing that distances us from spirituality. Like if yes. we can check the box and say we did it, we don't actually get into contact with anything deeper than that. And, and interestingly, sometimes those people who are, it's interesting <laughs> that like I'm just gonna I'm just thinking about somebody who I work with directly. I, I I have the privilege of working with um I do some professional development groups within the corporate world, and so it's wonderful because some of these groups are Christian, non-Christian, Jewish, no religion at all, mm -hmm. whatever. And it's been it's been an amazing gift to me because I'm just thinking of one individual in particular who I've been privileged to work quite closely with individually and in this group. There is not a kinder more giving, loving, serving woman that I've ever met in my life. Hmm. This woman is not a believer. So are we saying, okay, she doesn't have, you know, the, the spirit or the Holy Ghost or the Holy, whatever, what's the thing where we call it? The, I'm sorry, I forget. First of all, you can have the light of Christ, I guess. Mm -hmm. And if you join the one and only true church, you then get this sort of like, like superpower of the <laughs> gift of the Holy right. Ghost. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, I, on the one hand, I, I, I like the, the tidiness of that idea. But when we move out of abstraction and we actually work with individuals, there's a lot of those who have the technical ability to have the gift of the Holy Ghost and they aren't that nice. And then there are those who 
are, are have nothing to do with that whole paradigm. And they are truly, in my mind, more spiritually developed as human beings without the paradigm at all. Well, so Valerie, let's say I go up to the pearly gates and I have a heart like this woman's, yeah. just a pure heart, kindness, love. Yes. Um, I, I live the, the two great commandments, mm -hmm. loving God, loving my neighbor. Like I, 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 that's, that's who I am. And I'm standing at the pearly gates and this other guy walks up next to me and he pulls out his list of everything that he's done. Look, I've done this, 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 and this. You need to open the gate because I have proved it. This I've got is, my resume. <laughs> I have my resume right here. Look yeah. at me. I've been faithful, and I say that with quotation marks, throughout mm -hmm. my life um, to earn this. Yeah. So, you know, St. Peter, open it up. Yeah. You know, who's St. Peter going to let in? Right. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 to me, it's pretty obvious. Uh, God looketh on the heart. And, and I know we're saying things, uh, there, there's an undertone of what we're saying here, Valerie, of, you know, that, that somebody can, can enter the presence of God and, and, and get into heaven without, without having certain things, covenants and things done for them. I mm -hmm. believe that. I believe mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and, and I know we're taught something different. And so we're taught when you do question the church or when you, you do leave the church, then you're damned. You're, you're like, you're godless in many ways. And, and if you do that, then you're kind of up a creek and sorry. And I don't know if I buy that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as I've been doing a lot of reading and studying about the development, uh, you know, the restoration and like sort of the, the real, they call it the new Mormon history. I think in my mind about the real Mormon history. <laughs> and you think about <clears throat> the authenticity of some of these folks who have done a lot of the study, studying and sharing who have actually been um, excommunicated. Mm -hmm. There are not more, um, I'm, I'm inclined to believe, Brandon, that our church does have um, a history of martyrs, but it's a, it's a much bigger list than I believe we think it is. It's not just the prophet Joseph Smith. It's a lot of these people who have forwarded the cause of truth and they've actually been extricated and sometimes abusively and forcefully from the church because they are preachers and speakers of truth. So their, um, their temple covenants have been sort of revoked as, as it were. And, and yet I look at them and I feel the strength of their spirit as I'm reading, it resonates with me. It feels true. They're fighting for truth. Yes. Yes. And so I guess what I'm trying to get around to saying is that when people go, whether they go out of um, an, an act of um, integrity or when they're asked to leave because they're actually doing what feels true to them in honoring their, their parents in heaven, or if they leave because something has happened um, where they feel deeply wounded by an institution that is traumatic to them, and it's actually psychologically safer for them to go. I mean, I guess, the, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that every single person who, who needs to go or leaves for whatever reason, temporary or permanently, generally speaking, has their reasons. And most of the time, it's not because they have estranged themselves or are on the path to, you know, internal um, destruction or sin or whatever we, mm -hmm. I think, think it is when we turn them into an abstraction and judge them um, inside of the body of the church. It's almost never that way. Okay, I have a question for you. But yeah. before, I, before I ask the question, I just yeah. want to kind of make an observation. And, okay. 
you know, Valerie, you read a lot and, and yeah. you have, have your favorite authors. And mm -hmm. I think you're really good at discerning truth. And, and, um, but what's interesting is you also kind of, uh, I think with some of these people, the authors, you get to know their backstory yeah. and what's gone on with them and who they are as a person. And so for you to say what you just said, I think is pretty important to, to say like, these aren't bitter, angry, agenda-filled, um, power-hungry people. Um, these are people who are humbly fighting for truth, many of them. Most and of them. Most with, of them. With, with good, mm -hmm. good yeah. hearts. Yeah. And when you say things like their temple blessings have been revoked, um, you know, I come back to the pearly gates. Like they get up to the pearly gates and they fought for truth in their life, regardless of of people hating them and not liking what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, is St. Peter going to say, nope, you're, yeah. you got revoked. Or are they going to say, wow, look what you did in the face. Look at the courage and the faith that you showed. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, and you know, the interesting thing is, as I have studied this population of people, um, first of all, I, I was, overwhelmed with gratitude because I was going through some of the same struggles with my own um in large lar with my own growing understanding of truth and mm -hmm. discerning like oh this is far more complicated than I thought it was basically my move out of orthodoxy right yes I didn't know that there was a community out there I mean <laughs> gosh it's like I'm I'm almost 50 years old and I didn't know right because I've been sort of cradled in the you know in, in orthodoxy for, for yes. the better part of my life. And when I discovered these people, it filled me with joy. And because I'll, I thought, oh, there's a faction. Faction might be a negative, have a negative connotation. There's a community of people who are deep and profound believers, and they're not afraid to share what they feel to be true. And even though some of them have left and some of them have been invited to leave, and some of them have actually somehow been under the radar enough to stay, they speak truth and not a single one of them is at all concerned with their standing in the in the sight of god with or without yes. membership in the church even if they've left or have been kicked out or whatever the case may be they are in their own growth and development the church doesn't have that kind of power over number one the relationship with the divine and number two their salvation it doesn't it's just it ceases to matter to these folks Okay, so going along with this, yeah. here's my question. Yeah. Can somebody question the church, um, have some doubt, maybe even leave the church, and can that be an act of spiritual growth and connection and faith? Is that, is that possible? I think it is possible. I don't think it's mandatory. And I, I mean, again, as I study, and I am immersed in this stuff, Brandon, I can't tell you how, like, alive and awake my own faith journey is right now way more so than like my enzyme days <laughs> uh -huh, you know uh -huh. um and so many of these folks are talking about um how they have left based on integrity and some of them who one of the women who i'm just recently reading has been was excommunicated she was one of the september 6 and 25 years later was um by her her good stake presidency she, they initiated um a re-baptism process Wow. And um, okay. and that was in like 2019, I believe. And she was once again declined. Wow. And she's never missed church in the 25 years that she showed up, that she, since then, and her whole thing is, 
I have to show up as a reminder that truth will prevail. You don't get to have the luxury of me leaving so that you so that you get to forget what it's like for someone to be shunned and shamed. But this is not your church. This is my church, and this is where I choose to worship God, independent yeah. of how I've been treated. Now that is her story. That may not be what everyone can or even um, should do. Should do right. Right. Um, but the fact of the matter is, where we're kind of the, the the question we're trying to address here today, Brandon is. If someone has to leave, frequently it's a question of their own internal guidance system telling them what is best for the growth and development of their soul. Right. Right. And and that like that's to to do that in integrity. I just okay. Sorry. One more one more little story. Mm -hmm. The the there's a gentleman who actually asked me um, if we could address this. He, he's a listener of our podcast. Really has mm -hmm. um, been um, blessed by it and just. And he assured me, he's like, it's not because of the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, okay, either way is fine. He says, I, I have just chosen to, to step away. And um, will you please address this question? Because from his own vantage point, he's never actually taken ownership of his faith journey until now. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah. He's, now, he's now actually more actively becoming... I think, I don't know if, I don't, I haven't talked deeply with him about this, but he's listening every week. He's taking ownership of him, of his own thoughts and feelings of belief. He's, he's having to navigate the, um, the judgment of mm -hmm. family, of family of origin, of people around him, because for the first time in his life, he's actually showing some internal, like some ego structure to actually dis discern what's right for him. Whether or not he comes back, I don't know. But if he ever did choose to come back, it would be for the first time in his whole life on his own terms. Yes, yes. I, I, uh, I love that. And I, I love to hear that, that he's getting there. And, mm -hmm. and coming back to, to something you said earlier, um, is, spiritual, is spiritual growth kind of, is, is it mandatory to question in order to grow spiritually? I actually mm -hmm. think that it is. I think you have to be open to the possibility that something isn't true to really discover if it is or not. Yes. Uh, um, you know what I mean? Oh, I, yes. As a matter of fact, my husband and I kind of had a little bit of a heated conversation, not heated in like a, a, a negative way, but we, we taught theology sometimes. And he said, you know, he was thinking, this was literally at lunch like two days ago. He, he says mm -hmm. to me, I think of the orthodoxy as Adam. And I think of um, the, the more like the, the, the higher levels of spiritual development were like Eve, mm -hmm. like the progressive kind of a faith, right? And he's like, yeah. is it Adam then Eve? Or is it Adam and Eve? Huh. And and he's like, maybe, maybe it's okay to just to just hang out there in Adam land and be an Orthodox person for your whole life. And I just like my brain started like I started I'm like, no, it can't be. It's <laughs> gotta be Adam then Eve. Uh, I think I think it is okay. If yeah. you want that level of spiritual progression, and yeah. and so I actually think yeah. going through a process of of let, let me tell you a story to kind of illustrate okay. this. Yeah, I, I work with 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 addicts all all the time. I work yeah. with sex addiction. I work with betrayal trauma. Yep. and I work in Utah County. And so a lot of the times when we get into some deeper stuff, we start talking about who you really are, and who you are to God, and and it, and we get into this this version of God that's very shame-based, very 
very judgmental, controlling. Um, if you you know if you don't do this, then you're not good enough. You're not worthy. You're not okay. Um, you really need to strive for your worthiness and your okayness and. And, and, and it's really, it really feeds addiction and feeds a lot of these problems that I see. Yes. And we do this, I, I, I do this assignment with them called fire your God. And I know it's like blasphemy, <laughs> you know, like, oh my gosh. And it's the point of it is, and it's really uncomfortable for them to stop and be like, oh my gosh, my belief of what God is, is not working for me. It's my belief me. of what God, it's hurting me. My yeah. belief of you might be worshiping the wrong God, yeah. an evil God. Um, and so to stop and say, okay, I have to be open to looking at this differently so that I can feel love, real unconditional love, so that I can feel peace, so that I, so I can experience those things. Because what I've been taught about God in going to church very religiously mm-hmm. is getting me to this place. Right. And, and so... I think it's progression to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have the courage enough to challenge this. Yes. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of voices out there saying that's bad. You better not. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's challenging an an idea of God, right? So in other words, when we, when you go through that practice, it's not, it's not so much a shunning of, um, of a divine, of, of divinity. It's basically saying my ideas, around what God, who God is, have hurt me. I have had an incorrect and damaging, and maybe even um, a destructive idea of, of God. And a lot of times we have to then deconstruct, where did I learn that from? Where did that come from? Did it, where did it, you know, in what church meeting or in what family home evening or in what traditions of my family have I co-opted some idea of God that brings up the kind of shame that um, that ultimately is tr- people that are addicted to anything are, are trying to silence some kind of pain. They're trying to find God. And they're trying to find something that they, they haven't been able to have, they haven't, don't have access to quite yet. And mm-hmm. so coming to, you and I know this, is the healing of addiction comes with um, coming to know and love the depths of oneself and, mm-hmm. and a true idea of what it means to be loved and accepted by God. And, yes. you know, coming closer to, you know, it's always going to be an approximation in this life, right? Because we see through a, cl- a glass darkly, Brandon, we, we can't know, we can't know God because here we are, we're in, we're, we're living in these mortal, messy bodies. And um, so frequently we create God in the image of, of man. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. sadly, a lot of times the, the image that we create is in the image of some not very nice man, <laughs> right? Like a punitive one and an angry one, or um, a self righteous one, Con- conditional love one. Yes, yes, yes. And and it's it's just a construction that we do as humans because we sometimes just don't we we aren't big enough quite yet in our fallen state to sort of really and truly um, like sink into the the possibility of this infinite loving, kind, generous, compassionate God. That's hard for us. Yes, but but Valerie, I this is what I see is mm-hmm. is what you I think you you jumped to to where I want people to get right. Mm-hmm. But this is what I see is when when they stop and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna let go of this God mm-hmm. that's that's leading me to shackles and mm-hmm. shame. Mm-hmm. 
and and then they kind of go out and 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 they don't know where to land a little bit for a while. It's like, well, if I question that yeah. and I'm open to actually experiencing God different, uh, then then anything's possible. Like then what what, uh, what what is it like? What is yeah. how is it gonna? Am I gonna be an atheist? Mm-hmm. Am I gonna you know like what is it? And and I think that space right there is absolutely important to really discover that God that you just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because that's how you'll find it, is, is not by something just giving it to you. This is no. what it is. It's through that openness and, and allowing that real faith to set in to, to feel God's love. It's almost like if, if someone or some, an institution or individual is willing and wanting to give us the exact answer for something that big, be suspicious. <laughs> yeah. But, like yeah. that is suspect because there's no way that any living human being can quantify or qualify the nature of, of, of the of divine. And so I, I'm with you here in what you're saying, which is this idea that when people grow up as they're spiritually growing up, whether it be someone who is grappling with the healing of an addiction or somebody who is grappling with um, faith crisis, or you know, trust crisis. Um, they they there there's something terrifying about moving out of the safety of the black and white lies. <laughs> there's Absolutely. something very comfortable about please hand me my religion, please hand me you know this idea that that God and Jesus are are two bearded white men that look almost the same from like the first vision <laughs> video of the eighties, right? Like <laughs> it, it's it's comfortable. We want. We want to manage our own anxiety. And I think when we're spiritually lesser developed, it's appropriate to have some sort of a, a mythology that gives us more answers. But the beautiful thing about growth, Brandon, is that as we grow, uh, something very necessary is that we start being able to tolerate an enormous amount of ambiguity, that we don't necessarily know who God is, but we start, if anything, learning to come to know who God isn't. Yeah, yeah. In that ambiguity, mm-hmm. which is very can be very uncomfortable. Oh, super uncomfortable. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but there is connection there in mm-hmm. that in, in that openness to to what is what God is and how God loves and you know Brené Brown says faith minus vulnerability equals rigidity. Yeah. And and, and so and to me rigidity is fear based. It's not love based. Mm-hmm. And whereas just faith, vulnerability in general, you can really experience love because you're not trying to control exactly what it should be or exactly what it is. Well, and you just described uh, spiritual orthodoxy right there. <laughs> yeah. Is, is this attempt or this idea that all things or most things are known and most things are controlled. And, and usually this is done in a hierarchical way from an institutional mm-hmm. level. And so I think to circle us back to this idea of like, if I leave, am I spiritually dead? The answer to that question is, is a clear no. That everyone who is, because we're all on a journey, right? And I mean, I've yes. I've read about some, you know, some of these other. I I want to recommend to you guys these, this this beautiful set of books. Um, it's a compilation of books by by a, a it's an edited thing, but it's called the Why I Stay series, mm, and um, there's two of them, and it's it's just this beautiful list of presentations or I guess lectures and it's all of these people who have grappled at like profound levels with their faith 
And in this case, um, all of them have stayed, but not all of them have actually physically stayed. Some of them have, you know, some of them have, um, they said, I, I've stayed for, you know, they sometimes have literally stayed and sometimes they're saying like, well, I've, I've like psychologically, I've, ha I've had to move around or I've left and I've come back or whatever the case is in every single one of these situations, they are grappling in their own faith journey. Right. And they're talking about letting their faith be complicated. And they're also talking about um, how sometimes it kind of depends on, let me just zoom out away from the books and just talk about a little mm -hmm. bit more generally. Um, I personally think that when sometimes it kind of depends on where we are personally in our own journey, if being able to stay in the church is viable, meaning that sometimes we stay because we're in a place where we can manage the complexity of what goes on there that is not helpful towards yes. our spiritual development. And sometimes because of our past, because of our history, because of what's happened, we need to take a step back because that actually is the progressive move in our spiritual development. And only the individual gets to decide what is right for him or her. So you just answered this, but I'm just going to mm -hmm. say it. So should people stay or should they go? Well, the answer is that's that's only they can know, right? Mm -hmm. Only they can know. And most of the time, I mean, I think there's like a, there, there's a, there's a faction of, of folks that kind of just peter off and lose interest. And I mean, that, that's, that, that's, that there is a population of folks like that. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. who we're talking about right now is the few people that are listening to this podcast are not them. <laughs> They're not the ones that sort of just got bored and disinterested. These are the ones that are that are tenaciously grappling with their own, their, their relationship with their faith, with the relationship with the divine, with how do I fit into this thing that's called, you know, Mormonism. Mm -hmm. And these mm -hmm. are very, very earnest individuals. And so whether they stay or whether they go, I want to hand them the trust and the dignity that they're doing what's right for them in the service of coming closer to their divine parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, just to reiterate exactly what you're saying, if I, if I go to church every Sunday and pay my tithing and, and do all the things, um, I can do that with a heart full of love um, I can, you know, have the church be a part of blessing me spiritually. Um, if I'm picketing down at the conference center, and it, it really depends on where my heart's at. Yes. I could do that with a heart full of love and feel like I'm doing the right thing. And as long as as long as it, my heart's in the right place, if I'm not driven by shame and fear and should and mm -hmm. and all these things that really make me feel stuck then I need to move forward in what God's telling me to do with my own faith journey. Yes. And, and I think there needs to be space for, for all of that, Valerie. Yes. And, and we love everybody who's all along that continuum. And yes. you need to be right where you're at right now yes. and allow yourself to be there um, and then step forward in any direction you're going to go. Mm -hmm. uh, right? And yeah. so. Beautifully said is that it always comes back to that, right? It's all about, it's about the heart. It's about yeah. love. And I think one of the things that we can all continuously be thinking about and working on is just coming into like touch with this inner part of our own divine. Mm 
this 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 deep knowing self that is is connected to our parents in heaven and that thing that that part of us can direct us as far as what is in the service of helping us come closer to them and the more we know that part of ourself the more we're able to do and move forward in a direction that is helping us come closer to to god and and, and the, that's that's it like that's uh, it's, but but valerie the church may be an asset for that process it can or, be or a liability 100 and, if, and it, according to who you are if it's a liability to to be honest with yourself about that i yeah. think is important well and i if i may say just a little bit i mean this is what gets tricky brennan it's it's very challenging in a in a in a religious system where where orthodoxy seems to be um heavily encouraged and i'm not i'm not just picking on our church but a lot of times a lot of these some of these conservative christian institutions they're really focused on right belief they're focused on the correct way to be to fit into this church system mm -hmm. And if you you don't fall into line and believe that way, then there's either an implicit or an explicit um, communication that we don't exactly value you. We don't want you here. Yeah. And so get into line, and you'll fit in, you know, to the yeah. brotherhood and sisterhood of this church, or we'd rather not deal with you because you you complicate things. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's why sometimes people legitimately feel like they have to make a choice. They have to choose to either bottle it all up and not mm -hmm. go on this beautiful inner exploration that you and I are talking about, uh -huh. or they feel like they have to leave. They don't actually feel like they can cultivate their own sense of self and be developing their mm -hmm. belief systems and trying to challenge and grapple with an institution that, that you know, forwards both truth and error <laughs> on the regular. Mm -hmm. Like if they don't feel like they fit anywhere, or that they're actually uh, mistreated, then it makes it more and more challenging them for, for them to feel like legitimately like, why would I stay? Yeah, how is the church an asset for my spiritual growth here? Yes, and so I, I, I put that on I, the yeah. church. I put that on the church. That is something yeah. that we as a we as a, an institution, those of us who hang around, it, it's got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. This this idea that if um, and if we can't if we don't necessarily hear it. Um, from from the top, we've got to become that at the bottom where we allow for some, for this openness. Can I actually, I have to say, I'm um, a, a very near and dear family member of mine, and they've kind of been in and out of the church for many years. Um, and mostly very earnestly, not because they're, you know, lazy, <laughs> mm -hmm. or, you know, irreverent or doing bad things out there. That's not them at all. Um, she just shared with me when I saw her last time, not too long ago, that, um, out in California on the West Coast, they were part of, uh, she was coming, they hadn't been active, but clearly she was coming. So because she mentioned this, she said they were in a gospel, a second hour, whatever you want to call that. Mm -hmm. And they were tackling the hard questions of, of church history, doctrine, social issues. Wow. She said it was so enlightening and it was a safe place for us to come and ask the hard questions. And I- At church? At church wow yes and the, they were wow. um in irvine california and mm. i chuckled and i'm like well that's what you get when you're in california <laughs> yeah. like you you're so lucky yeah. so i guess what i'm trying to say is it's not impossible that we couldn't begin to cultivate something that helps people feel like they don't have to leave 
And yet at the same time, I think sometimes that is exactly how people feel. And hmm. no, they're not spiritually dead. Sometimes it's actually the spiritually living thing to do to leave when you're in a toxic system. I'm not, right. I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying I can understand both sides and I can see how systemically sometimes the um, invitation to go feels pretty real. Yes. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I, uh, Valerie, we got to wrap this up, but <laughs> having too much I, fun, right? Yeah. I actually love this topic. This is, yeah. this is one of my favorite topics because what we're talking about is spiritual progression. Yes. And I just love, I, I, I love growth. And I think you and I as therapists, mm -hmm. we know that suffering comes when, when there's stuckness. Yes. And when, when you feel like you can't move forward. So, um, what we've talked about today, I think if you're, if you're somewhere there and we've hit something of like, wow, like I, maybe there is something that I need to question or look at or challenge, mm -hmm. then listen to that and do what you will with that. Yeah. And, um, we're not, we're not telling you anything that you should or shouldn't do, but just face the fear so you, that you don't stay stuck. And that's it, Valerie. Yeah, that's so. very well said and such a great topic. So many things we can continue to talk about together um, and just be there for you guys out there listening as you're managing s scary topics. And sometimes I think we don't feel like we have a place to go or someone that really understands us. We got we you. We will accept us. Yeah, we got we you. Got We're you. here for you. So thanks, you guys. All right. See you guys. Bye.